Hi, I'm Phil. And I'm Brandon. And welcome to episode two of the PB and Tech podcast. PB and Tech is a podcast hosted by Phil and Brandon, bringing you the latest in tech, gaming, and where they're sandwiched together. Today's episode is brought to you by... Well, welcome back to episode two of PB and Tech, guys. In this episode, we'll get into more of a normalized format for how these podcasts will go. First, we'll hit you up with some tech news and we'll talk through some highlights that were of interest to us. Then we'll hit you with some gaming news. Phil will break down some titles that he's been uh, playing and some things that you should play. And then we'll get into the main topic of the podcast, which you know now that you've seen the title of this. So let's get into some tech news. You ready, Phil? Always. Let's go. So first on the tech news agenda, we have the NVIDIA RTX 30 series. Now we talked about this a little bit last week when we were talking about the next gen systems, but we thought we'd bring it back just to talk to you about some things you ought to know if you're thinking about upgrading your PC. Phil, have you looked at all into these processors? I mean, uh, these graphics cards at all? I actually am extremely excited. I believe I mentioned this last week. I run a 1080 Ti on my system and I was considering going with a 2080. That was originally my thought process. I'm like, look, mm -hmm. I really need to upgrade going 2080 and everyone I know, any all my techies were like, just wait for the 30s, blah, blah, blah. And I did and these things are awesome. I am really excited about this series. And you should be. When we talk about new tech, we like to, as you've seen, uh, if you've watched the first episode and if you haven't, you should go back and watch that or go back and listen to that if you you're listening to the audio version of this podcast but we'd like to tell you who is the proper audience for this right who should be thinking about purchasing that so that's like the first thing i wanted to tell you so what we have here is that if you're into 4k gaming you should purchase this you should definitely purchase this we'll talk about some of the performance enhancements in it that just make it just great for uh for 4k gaming if you're a streaming like Phil here does, right? You should purchase this. You yes. Know? Uh, <laughs> it is It is built for streaming and high resolution gameplay. If you want that next gen performance, you should purchase this, right? If you're trying to position yourself to be able to play any of the new games that are coming out that are releasing along the PlayStation 5 timeline, the Xbox Series S and X timeline, and you want to be able to play any of these games that are multi-platform on your PC, you should purchase this. Uh, if you need to upgrade, if you have that 1000 series and behind, it's probably time for you to upgrade if it's within your budget. The one thing I'll point to specs wise is the middle of the road 30 series, which is that 3080. It be, uh, sits between uh, the performance of the 3070 and then also like the Titan-like series 3090. It's very, very impressive. We talked about the teraflops in the CPU processing power of the Series X from Xbox and then the PlayStation 5. The Series X, it had 12 teraflops. PlayStation 5 had 10 point three teraflops the 3080 wait, wait. graphics card before you say it i just want everyone to know <laughs> this stat is what blew my mind this right here is why i need this card <laughs> it it is cr it's crazy all right all right so so 10.3 on the playstation 5 12 on the xbox series x 29.7 teraflops. <laughs> this is ridiculous with the 3080 graphics card. I, I mean, the power that this thing is, is pumping out is insane, right? Uh, it also should be noted that they've updated to the uh, DDR6X uh, 
uh, RAM as well. This one is sporting uh, 10 gigabytes of dedicated G GPU RAM. It's just the performance in this thing is crazy. I also just wanted to note for you that the 3080 released on September 17th at $699, which is the same price that the 2080 released at too, which is great. They haven't changed that pricing in this new upgrade. The Titan-like RTX 3090 is coming in at a whopping $14.99. This is this is a lot of money, but you know, you folks that are were buying the Titan before already know you expect to spend a pretty penny. That's supposed to uh supposed to have landed on September 24th, and then we're we're still waiting for the 3070s to release sometime in October. I figured I also should note that. AMD's big next graphics card is supposed to be releasing on October 28th and it's uh, supposed to be called Big Navi is like the code name <laughs> is, is the really? code name for this. I didn't make it up. That, <laughs> I did not. I, I feel ashamed that I didn't know that that's what yeah. it was called. <laughs> it's the, uh, the Radeon um, RX 6000 series graphics card. So once that comes out and we get a little closer to that date, I'll break that down in comparison to this uh, 30 series. So when the 30 series was announced, and not not the announcement, but whenever it got into talking about the actual performance of this card, the one thing that just... Who is this card for? <laughs> what? <laughs> Listen, I have a 1080. I have a 1080 Ti. It is still a monstrous card. I run five or six different things at the same time. It is, it is still great. The only game that is going to be released that as of right now that it, the specs have been announced that's even going to maybe consider pushing this card to the point where we're talking like 70, 80% capacity is Cyberpunk that will be coming out. It's going to have massive uh, graphics. Yes. That's the mm -hmm. only thing that's going to even push this. And I don't even know if it's going to push it. It's just going to be like, this is kind of the card you want to play it the way it's meant to be right. played. This... 3080 just the 3080 let's just take the take the $1,500 one and say right. that's for people who just want to really show out the 3080 is going to make my 1080 look like the trash can under my desk right now this card is a absolute creature it really is you there, there is no you can run seven cyberpunks <laughs> Like you can, I, you you could I can run it. I can run it for me, you, and three neighbors. Like it's going to be see, insane what this card can do. The thing now is that people are gaming in higher resolution now. Mm -hmm. With this 30 series, Nvidia is basically saying 4K is normal now. Mm -hmm. 4K isn't just a feat, you know. Sure. That we're normalizing the fact that you're going to be hardcore gaming in at least. 1440p and above sure you know yeah so if you're still gaming uh doing the majority of your gaming in 1080p you don't have to get this graphics card right you're you're still going to be able we talked about this last time i'm sporting a 2080 super in my machine i i just built it in late march early april mm -hmm. april doing quarantine yeah so i'm not going to upgrade to a 3080 because although it's it's a major generational jump still not quite enough for me to jump to it and i game and i game uh in 1440 
you yeah. know i have i have 1440 and i'm still able to push it now i'm not a streamer if i were a streamer and streaming as much as you do gaming with these intensive games right then then i'd probably pick this up or if i still had the the 1080 or the 980 that ti that i had in my machine before i upgraded to this yeah then i'd definitely upgrade to the 3080 where my mind kind of goes with it with these cards first off rtx that feature is absolutely gorgeous like there is no compare like that's more real than my window right here that is yeah like th that feature the, the rtx feature built into these cards is absolutely amazing like i said earlier that you do not need this much processing power for anything in existence right now now granted you know a couple years from now you know they, hey look who knows maybe maybe we'll find like 5d i don't know what's going to happen but <laughs> what what i'm saying here is i think what the what game developers are going to do is use this to create like these massive open worlds and render the entire world at once so there is no such thing as loading there is no such like you can look out as far as your pc and as far as these 4k monitors can zoom in and be able to see the like the most minute of details that feels to me where this is going to go because you don't need this kind of power for any game that's going to come out in the next couple of years unless you want to take it to a level of absolute amazing graphics amazing like these spectacular sceneries that's kind of where i think this is gonna go you were mentioning to me right before we went on to record that you had been seeing some reports of some issues with some of uh the different manufacturers releases of these 30 series cards first let me caveat this that the, the this card is impossible to find i tried to find one so if you happen to be one of the lucky few that jumped on one early some people aren't having the most pleasant experience with it the issue is coming in that these cards are crashing people's desktops whenever they get to a certain level of processing power especially once they get past around two gigahertz mm. of processing power it's it's not a pleasant experience now here is the good news and the bad news this is only happening with third-party uh, cars these third-party overclock cars that you can buy all the cards that nvidia itself its own factories are sending out they're perfect there is absolutely nothing wrong with them they have not had any reported issues as of this recording right now monday the 28th of september there is no issues with these cards that are coming from nvidia now however if you are buying these overclock cards from other third-party companies a massive majority of them are having issues where once it gets to a certain processing power there is apparently these issue with the actual hardware of the card that it can't handle it it does kind of suck and it, i'm sure it leaves a pretty sour taste in some people's mouth whenever you spend 700 dollars you probably wait up you wait in line on a card and you happen to be the one to get it and your pc crashes as soon as you try to push it I mean, that's got to be so much of a bummer man yeah. so we'll be monitoring this situation and we'll probably bring you some more data in later episodes to talk about this and see if they found a resolution figured out exactly what's causing this issue and how they're mitigating it in future releases in cards from these other manufacturers it must be something that they decided to add on because we usually get extra fans some enhanced casing on some of these cards so we mm -hmm. we overclock them so through some of this that's where the issue is obviously coming in so people are gonna have to dial back to how much they actually do to these cards before they repurpose them and start selling them you know right yeah i think that this is coming from companies that were like oh we're gonna really you know you you think this thing's awesome now buy it from us We'll send it to you, OC'd, and yeah, yeah. That's all I really, that's all. Ugh. 
<laughs> There's something I wanted to add on to our discussion from last week regarding Xbox Series S and X that we didn't really touch on. Mm -hmm. And that was the quick resume feature. Had you heard about that? No, tell me. Tell me what you got. Oh. So this is something that's like a game changer and it comes in under the radar and I thought that I would mention it. So the quick resume feature is a feature that they've implemented into the new Xbox series where it saves the game state of the last six or seven games that you've played. So basically, if I'm playing a game on Xbox, right. I, go to my, I go to my home screen, I load up another game. Mm -hmm. right it's gonna save the game state that i was on in the last game that i was on where there's no boot up time for that game and it'll do that for the last i think it's up to seven you'll have to check me on this mm -hmm. i think it's up to seven game states now when you start getting really high right when you get past that amount what'll happen is it'll override the first game state that you backed out of mm -hmm. so you do want to be careful you don't want to play too many games at once but this is a game changer for folks who are you know playing an action adventure platform game that's single player right right and then they then they go to a multiplayer game that they play uh with their friends then they have another game that they do with their family you know so there there are many scenarios in which you're playing multiple games at a time you know and this is just i think a game changer you want to talk about load time boot up time being able to switch between this many games in a loaded in a saved game state uh -huh. this is awesome that's okay so the the xbox right now the one x um attempts to do something along these lines where but it's only first off it's only your last game and they, they essentially suspend it and run it in the background they basically minimize it if you want to talk about it, like in pc terms right. and it's it's one it's actually it's really gr it's great if you play the same game over and over again but it seems like they took this and and brought it to and even the next level in an even greater state so that's really awesome i love that feature on my xbox so i, I i'm i'm that i'm really i'm psyched for this i can't wait till my xbox comes in even more yeah now. I, I actually think this is just something that everyone should adopt you know i think this is something that playstation should definitely put in their back pocket as well you know yeah um this this is great because the, the amount of times we're waiting for games to boot up these days we have to go through you know if you're playing the game online and such you have to go through 15 pages of terms of service and accept those before you even get to see the title to load your game right i mean <laughs> right oh yeah yeah no, you know <laughs> if yeah. you only have 20 minutes to dive in a game and do something and back out of it it's hard to sit down and load the, those games up you know you might be sitting down and it might be a whole five minutes before you're able you know or even more sometimes before you're able to load where you were in your game i, I for one have issues with load screens i hate load screens the reason i probably hate load screens so much is because I grew up on RPGs, and I don't know if anyone's ever played a PlayStation 1 or a PlayStation 2 RPG that's listening to this podcast, but there's a load screen every 45 seconds. Anytime you get into final, like a fight, you gotta have the load screen to get into the fight because it's all turn-based RPGs. And I can tell you that that drove me absolutely nuts as a kid, and it didn't get any better the older I got. So that's a, <laughs> this is a feature that hopefully is adapted by every system. Hopefully, is, is, you know, 
PlayStation, everybody hops on board with something like this. So that's the, really the wrap up of the news that I had on the 30 series. Next, we move into uh, phone tech. So what we wanted to let you know in this podcast is that we'll be covering those uh, types of things too. We're always monitoring what our um, Android folks are doing and what Apple is doing in regards to phone tech. Normally, by this time every year, we would have seen a new iPhone. This year, the iPhone 12 is coming. The release is, is rumored for October 13th, although Apple hasn't sent out their usual uh, greeting card for the event yet. So it's just rumored for the 13th, but usually those rumors are quite accurate. They just had an event that came around the time where they usually have their iPhone event and they did release the new iterations of two products that they have, the Apple Watch this time series six and the new iPad. There's some iterative improvements, some design changes to the iPad, but overall, we just wanted to mention that that was out there. The thing that everybody's talking about with phone tech in regards to Apple is iOS 14, or in other words, as everybody else and uh, my friends that have been talking about this, Android 2.0 or something, you know? Like, oh, so. you know, you already know that I don't, you one look at it and you know exactly where everyone's going with this. <laughs> it added some features. And the reason why we say this is that it added some customization features that folks that have been using Android for years have, have been experiencing, right? So we know Apple as that company that really closes things off. They do that for a couple couple of different reasons. One, you, you can't screw things up. <laughs> it makes, makes it, you know, the more freedom you give folks to customize things, the more that they can have some issues. And so Apple's whole strategy is giving you only what it thinks you need for the best user experience, or at least the simplest user experience, right? Mm -hmm. So some of the top features in iOS 14 was the home, the home screen redesign. It finally added widgets to the home screen. You know, Android, you folks have been having this for a long time. Well, Apple's finally done it. So now you, you'll you see a bunch of YouTube videos out there. You'll hear even other podcasts talking about how Apple's finally on board with you being able to have a unique looking home screen that really defines who you are and really shows who you are and displays that to, to the world. Have you done anything with your home screen yet, Phil? Um, I have played with it a little bit, kind of, you know, just kind of made it look cleaner. I, I really like the widgets that they added. I like the new themes, like the kind of the different features you can give it so the second like I said earlier the second you look at it and the second you, it, it was announced you know that everyone ex team Android is jumping on top of this like oh cool I've been able to do this since 2009 that's wonderful. I'm glad you finally caught on. <laughs> I will say that just a little background here. For 10 years, I was in the phone business. I worked a long time with phones. I have seen the rise of smartphones. I was there through all that. I have played with every phone in the book. Great. I have nothing against either, either model. I can 100% tell you the pros and cons of each one. I will say that you are right that the big reason Apple will run these types of things and the reason Apple does did not allow too much customization is because their thing was you can't break it. Like you can give right. this to your 60 year old, 70 year old grandmother. And you can give it to your six year old or seven year old. <laughs> and they cannot break it. And I can tell you that back in, especially back in like early stages of Android, they broke it every five minutes and they all came in to get it fixed. It's a thing. They wanted to give you that feel that you, that you've had with Android for such a long time, but still kind of not let you break their stuff. And I think they got, they gave it a good mix of, you feel like your phone is your own. It's not like the person next to you, 
but it doesn't let you do anything that you can lose apps or you can do anything, delete anything you don't want. It, it still right. has that Apple feel of, yeah, but you're kind of still here and you're still under our control. So don't don't do, don't play too much with it. I've changed mine a bit. It's taken a long time. That's all I want to say about that. Uh, <laughs> good luck changing your uh, your home screens. Some other notable notable features in iOS 14 is normally we see these iOS updates and they add some performance tweaks and then you see some of the older devices not able to update to them. This is a change. So for the first time in probably ever of iOS updates, every device that was able to have iOS 13 is able to upgrade to iOS 14, every single device. So there's, it's this no device left behind, which is pretty darn cool if you think about it, you know? Yeah. Uh, even if you were working with one of the old iPhones, if it was able to take iOS 13, it's able to take iOS 14. It has a new app library. So this is another one of those features that have been around for Android for a while. So on every app that you download, it had to be displayed on one of your home screens. And so what happened is a few years ago, when we finally got the folder feature, people would just have one folder with a bunch of apps that they never really used that much, right? Uh, that they didn't quite want to delete, but they never used. And it was usually had a curse word in the title. It was usually like something like bull blank <laughs> or anything. Yep. Trash apps like it. it yeah, yep. I know I have the folder. Well, now, well, now what you can do is you can remove those apps from your home screen, and when you scroll all the way to the right, you end up with a nice app library, which, like Android, has all your apps in alphabetical order, so you don't have to have them needlessly on your home screen if you don't want them there. There's something new, a new feature called App Clips. This has happened to me several times. You know how you have to. Uh, you want to buy a ticket to a place, you want to pay for parking, you want to rent a scooter in your city, you have to download their apps yeah. just to do that one time thing mm -hmm. that you wanted to do and then you're never going to use that app again. Right, right. Well, well, App Clips is this thing where they allow you to be able to get some of the app functionality on a one-time basis or on an iterative basis without having to download the entire app. That's a pretty cool feature. Yeah, you know? that is. And that's extremely useful for every iPhone user that uses their phone for anything other than a phone. Another UI changes they made is that your phone calls no longer just take over your full screen now. You'll see a little UI element, a little box that drops down from the top of your phone that displays who's calling, whether or not you want to answer it. And then even if you do whatever you do, it just kind of goes away so you can continue doing what you were doing on your phone while you're talking on your phone, you know? So it's just one of those convenience features that was probably quick for them to add, but they're going to get a lot of user value out of it because people are going to be happy that it just doesn't take them out of whatever they were doing. iOS 14 feels like the uh, quality of life update. That's what this... Yes, that's exactly... I hadn't put those exact words, but that's exactly what I would call it. Another few things it adds is some privacy enhancements as always. It added a nice translate app because folks are beginning to travel more and more and speak to people with diff in different languages and so it has an uh, an app that's built into it and it's pretty good i tried it and has uh, uh quite a few languages to start and they'll continue expanding that and the last thing it has is um some different cycling and ev routes that are built into apple maps that weren't there before pretty cool yeah that is right that's that's a hell of an update. Speaking of EV, we just talked about those EV routes. My last update in the tech news is actually talking about Tesla and their battery day. So if you aren't familiar with Tesla, we're going to cover just lightly uh, some things that go into tech news in a car because 
it interests me because I own a Tesla. And it, we're finally getting to a place where uh, EV adoption is going higher and higher. Some of you that are listening either already own an EV or have been thinking about purchasing an EV. And so this news is for you. Battery Day was held on the 22nd, so just like a, a week ago now. And they unveiled their new technology in their battery that they're calling their tablet battery. Okay, so basically they're gonna produce this in-house, which will reduce the cost and allow for a lower barrier of entry for folks that want to purchase EVs, right? They're reducing this in-house. Not only that, but the batteries are gonna be six times as powerful as the existing batteries now and produce about 16% greater range. There are now EVs on the market that they'll be able to release that will be traveling uh, with a range of more than 500 miles on a single charge. That is significant. That is by far often the most common complaint that you see right. when somebody says, I don't want to buy an EV. Right. They, it is because of the range of their battery. They, they don't want it. They can't travel. They can't do this. So that is, that's significant. That is a significant upgrade. Yeah, with EVs, we tend to call that range anxiety. And it's it's when you're worried about going on that long trip and you just don't know if your car will be able to. I haven't experienced that the, the, the way that they're charging now and how much they're building these charging stations. It really is. Now is a great time to own an EV. So you really should think about it. Even the car that I have today uh, goes over 300 miles. Uh, in a single charge. So, uh, to finish on uh, some of those other updates, because they're able to reduce the cost of production of this battery, they've announced that they're gonna release a lower cost Tesla car that's gonna come in at $25,000. That's a Honda, that's a Honda Civic. <laughs> yeah, that's a Honda Civic. <laughs> exactly, this, this is now, now you're talking about it. Now you're bringing EVs in where almost anybody, the, the barrier of entry is low, yes. and you're gonna have mass EV adoption once you bring in a $25,000 dollar car that price is is affordable for most people that exactly. are looking to buy a new car as long as you're not trying to go with you know you know some people want to go with just i don't care about my car but if you're looking for a tesla especially if you're looking for an ev that is a fantastic price i mean i used to sell evs like that's a, that is a fantastic price for an ev <laughs> <laughs> right you know and when you think about the fact that you know you're no longer putting gas in your car you're no longer paying for all changes the maintenance costs are pretty low mm -hmm. uh you yep. know and this car costs 25 thousand yeah. dollars you know sign me up you right know? the last thing uh, on uh battery day they announced was a higher end um model s plaid edition as they're calling it and with this new battery this car is insane guys this car is insane so it's going to be able to travel over 520 miles on a single charge top speed of this car is 200 miles an hour okay now this is an electronic vehicle fully electronic vehicle and, <laughs> and one of the latest stat on this car is that it's going to go zero to 60 miles an hour in under two seconds that's that's they're lamborghinis like that's <laughs> that's insane that is the most insane stat two sec bruh bruh yep that is a dog like i said i used to work i used to sell cars i sell like luxury cars i've sat in these cars that can that have insane horsepower, these crazy torque that you can get into 60 in less than four seconds. Three, I think the fastest was three, five is the one we sold. And your your back is against the wall. It is a crazy buildup of speed. I can't even imagine. Two seconds is a, is a jet. <laughs> You're in a right. jet at this point. The car that I have, if any of you are wondering, is a Model 3. And my car goes zero to 60 in 3.9 seconds 
which feels super fast to me because I'm not like a supercar guy or, you know, someone who's really looked at cars. I'm more obviously on the tech side of things. Mm -hmm. And when you have an electronic vehicle that's able to exceed in a lot of ways, some of the, you know, um, the gas cars that are out there and be able to bring in all these tech features like autopilot, uh, self-driving mm -hmm. and all the, the tech features that are in a car like that. And you're able to bring it in at a price that rivals it or comes in under. I mean, you're just, you're just winning the game, yeah, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so that wraps up the tech news for today. As we'll say after almost every segment, if you'd like us to speak on some tech news that you've seen uh, since this episode has played, please drop us uh, an email and we'll flash this at PB tech podcast at gmail.com drop us your suggestions and also if you're watching this on youtube drop it in the comments we read every single one of the comments and uh we're always looking to have a dialogue with anybody who's listening or watching this podcast i'll turn it over to phil now for some latest news in gaming i think the biggest news that came out last week ironically two days after we recorded our <laughs> yep, last yep. podcast and just spoke about this company a little bit the biggest news in gaming right now is microsoft has purchased ZeniMax. No one probably knows this fact, but ZeniMax is the parent company of Bethesda. Everyone knows what Bethesda is. I mean, Bethesda has put out Elder Scrolls, Fallout. You're talking about these great games. Bethesda is a monstrous company. Here is where it starts getting interesting. Microsoft purchased Bethesda, which by the way, owns one of the very few PlayStation exclusive titles, Deathloop, for $7.5 billion. 7.5. Wow. Listen, here's some context for you. Disney purchased Star Wars for $4.05 billion. <laughs> I, that, I don't know how. This is a massive amount yeah. of money for a company, a gaming company. The first question out of everyone's mouth was what's going on with the PlayStation exclusive Deathloop? Oh, is it still going to be exclusive? Does this mean that right. everything is going to be exclusive on Xbox now? What, right. What's going on, right? Microsoft obviously had an idea this was coming. Uh, so they immediately jumped out ahead and said, no, um, we, the deal was already done with PlayStation. We're not going to back out on it. We are going to honor that deal. We're going to honor their exclusives. But everything else is a case by case from this point on, mm -hmm. case by case, which is great. That's that is I mean, that's how you should do. Honestly, I think it's hilarious that Microsoft is making money on PlayStations, one of PlayStations like Premiere, like exclusive gaming, like which is like their thing. I think is I think Microsoft was just like <laughs> the whole time they were doing this. <laughs> I just think it's a funny like it's just a funny thing to happen. But this led to all kinds of speculation over the past week. Uh, Microsoft is, of course, known for buying these big companies. Companies and kind of turning them into uh, making a profit on them. Uh, Obsidian was their purchase in 2016. They, they made the South Park games. They made a couple of other ones. And Microsoft purchased that and then got them to create their own game, which is something, it's a game called Outer Worlds, which, by the way, fantastic game, had plenty of awesome reviews. But that is a Game Pass game. It's exclusive on Game Pass. That's free. So they bought this awesome studio and said, okay, cool, make games for our Game Pass. Another uh, studio that Microsoft purchased that, um, has done very well for them is Mojang. They purchased yep. the studio in 2014 for $2.5 billion. Now listen, Minecraft is one of those popular games in history and they bought it for $2.5 billion. This has led to a lot of speculation about what is going to happen with Bethesda and why have they spent so much money on it, right? The the line So what's your what's your take on this? What do you think is really going to happen? I really want to ask you that. Initially, the line of thinking was 
Microsoft's just gonna make money on everybody. It's gonna just put out these games, have Bethesda just keep doing what it does and just right. make a, a boatload of cash. That went on for a, a pretty decent amount of time, but here's something interesting that came out in the past couple weeks. Okay, we're gonna put a warning right here. This is speculation because everyone refutes this, but enough sources have came out that it seems like it could mean something. Microsoft was attempting to purchase Bungie. Bungie, as people know, that's uh, the Halo series. Microsoft originally owned them. It turned into a whole thing. They, they owned them, they sold them. Last week, it came out that these rumors started to emerge and the CEO comes out and goes, no, it's not a thing. But all of a sudden, Microsoft instead signs an exclusive rights deal with Bungie to put it only on Game Pass for assuming a much, 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 much smaller price tag. Right. Um, eventually, like I said, no one has really admitted to a lot of this stuff. But a lot of rumors have come out. It's kind of like where there's smoke, there's fire, there's fire type of thing. These all can't just be people making stuff up at some point. You know, eventually enough people come out that this is happening. So that leads us to the Bethesda buyout. They paid one of the highest prices for a franchise in history. They paid the highest price for any gaming company ever purchased. Do we think that they paid that much money and then they're going to put these games on everybody? Or why wouldn't they just sign an exclusive rights deal? Where is this going? What I personally think is going with this is that Microsoft knows where its bread is buttered and that is Game Pass. Microsoft wants to put as much stuff to be exclusive to Game Pass, not exclusive to Xbox, exclusive to Game Pass because as my co-host mentioned last week, you don't need an Xbox to play on Game Pass. All you need is Game Pass and you can play it on your PC. So Microsoft is trying to get into Netflix type of situation where all my Xbox people are gonna pay me $15 a month to run this Game Pass. Right. All my PlayStation people are gonna pay me $15 a month to run this Game Pass. All of everybody, PC, you name it. Microsoft is building its brand as we spoke of last time. It's an ecosystem. Microsoft is building upon Game Pass. That's what they've been strengthening every single month. New games come out and you're like, whoa, this is actually on here? I cannot tell you how many times. I've seen Game Pass develop from the beginning. I saw when it was just like these games that people were like, eh, I mean, wonderful. I'm glad it's there. Right. And now these major, major titles are dropping on Game Pass. Right, like I said, they have an exclusive deal with Bungie. So Bungie is going to be a Game Pass. All all its past stuff, all the new updates coming to Game Pass. Now we have a we need to do. We need you to understand why this is such a great move for them because we've seen subscriptions take off in the last few years because people are realizing that it's a stream of income that's coming in as long as you provide the service. So if Xbox, if Microsoft were to sell Xboxes to X amount of people, and then all of those people were to get Game Pass, they're essentially doubling their money just shy of three years. Just shy of three years because uh, Game Pass is, is $14.99 a month. If you do that times uh, for a year, that comes out to about $180 a month you're paying for game pass for a year so in three years that's about 540 bucks quick math so just short of three years you've paid the price of a series x mm -hmm. they're essentially doubling their money if they can get every xbox owner every person who will buy the series x to also buy game pass or the series x to s to also buy uh game pass but if they can get a bunch of folks that were not going to buy the new xbox to buy Game Pass, they can essentially get to where they're tripling, even potentially quadrupling their money 
by getting a bunch of PC owners to get Game Pass, a bunch of PlayStation owners to get Game Pass. Because that's folks that wouldn't have bought an Xbox and wouldn't have subscribed to the service. But now since Game Pass, you're able to play a, a lot of those games game, on Game Pass Ultimate on your PC. You're getting a bunch of people that are not purchasing Xboxes to buy Game Pass. This is crazy. So Bethesda has played has released the most the top selling titles of all time. I mean Elder Scrolls, let's we can just stop there. We don't Legendary. have to go. We don't have to go. We don't have to talk about Fallout. We don't have to talk about any of these other things. Let's just we're gonna stop at Elder Scrolls. Okay. Now Xbox doesn't have to pay any they have to pay the people to develop it. And then all the money, there's no middleman anymore. Yep. They go yep. straight into Xbox, into Microsoft's pocket. I really feel like where Microsoft is going with this is Game Pass is going to be the new Microsoft store. Like, sure, if you want to buy a one-off, you can if you're not that serious of a gamer. But Game Pass is turning into better titles than just going into the Microsoft store. Like, Game Pass right. is, is dropping title after title after title, hit after hit. Listen, all of these purchases Microsoft has been making over the past few years, right now, Microsoft owns the exclusive rights to Doom, to Fallout, to Elder Scrolls, to Dishonored, to Wolfenstein, The Evil Within, Starfield, a new game that's going to be coming out, to Quake. These are massive, massive, massive titles, and yep. Microsoft owns them now like they, yep. you can make a hundred of these games and we're not paying anything other than your salary thank you for your contribution have a nice day it's genius yep <laughs> and baller moves it is a <laughs> it is a baller move and the next question that eventually that everyone has to ask is microsoft done and the ceo came out and said no <laughs> so the thing that everyone is looking at is what's going to be the next major studio that's going to be purchased. And there's all kinds of stuff. There's rumors and everything. And they're even announcing it on their Twitter saying there was a major um, event happened in Japan last week. And uh, Microsoft came out and said uh, there will be no announcement for new studio purchases. A separate tweet on their official Twitter. So you know that this is being talked about because they felt the need to address right. it. Conspiracy theories. Absolutely love this part. The big rumor right now is that Microsoft is attempting to purchase Sega. Hmm. Here is the conspiracy of why. And you can look this up. This is real stuff. If you're watching the YouTube, this is going to be on the screen. There are a couple of things coming out that are leading people down the rabbit hole. So first off, Microsoft has a new controller that's coming out. Okay. It's a blue controller. Blue. Cool. Whatever. That blue controller... And in, in on the tweet, it said the classics are the best or something along those lines. The blue controller is the exact. I'm talking. You take one of those little drops on paint and hit it. The exact same color as Sonic. OK, <laughs> now, listen, I'm talking the exact same. That's cool. Blue controller. I'm not saying, but I'm saying the exact like somebody took the picture of Sonic, put the paint. And I mean, down to the you know how it's red, blue and it's like those numbers. Exact same color as Sonic. That's not enough evidence. Right. But interesting. <laughs> interesting. The next thing that came out is, this one's crazy. I'm going to caveat. But Sega dropped a picture on Twitter of a girl. And she's sitting on, on this table. And she's got her arms like an X, okay? And she's like leaning over over her arms. And there's a box right above her arms, okay? So people just turn the picture and it's X and then there's an empty box. <laughs> <laughs> the picture itself... It doesn't make any sense, but this is what they did. Okay. There's a couple other things. We'll drop a few more pictures. There's a few other 
um, conspiracy internet stuff. We'll drop some links. We'll drop the link in the YouTube, and you know, so check it out there. And you'll if you if you're visually watching this, you'll see it. If not, we'll also put it in the description of the uh, podcast. So the question, of course, goes: Why would Xbox want to buy Sega? Sega has some great titles, right? I mean, yeah, you're getting Sonic. Great, that's wonderful. I mean, everybody loves Sonic. I don't know if that's gonna like, you know, I mean, it's worth it. But I mean, if they just paid 7.5 for Bethesda, I don't know what they're gonna pay for Sega. Um, I don't know if Sega is worth more or less. But the big thing is, is that they would own Sonic, but they would also own Persona 5. Persona mm. 5 is the highest rated game of the year. When people hear Sega, they think Sonic. Persona 5 would probably be worth more, and they would be they would be taking over a title and popping it on Game Pass, which is one of the highest rated, most popular games of the year. And you could play it for $15 a month. <laughs> yeah, that's... Man, when you start to put all of that together, you end up with a crazy picture that could just turn out to be true. Every CEO is denying this. The only thing that's for sure is that Xbox, a Microsoft CEO comes out and goes, we're not done. And that's a wrap. That's the only thing. Sega has said, hell no. Everyone is denying it, but the internet's going to be the internet. And if anybody here has ever reddited, you go in, there's just, there's a lot. There's some stuff happening there. That's going to cover all the news I have for that. The only other segment that I really want to talk about is every week when we drop these things, I'm going to try to give y'all one game to kind of check out. Today, I have two for you. Um, I'm going to give y'all a new game to check out and I'm going to give y'all a update. Like a, if, if something comes out that's like a major patch or if uh, expansion drops, I'll also throw that in here. Um, first off, let's talk about the new game. New game that I have to recommend for anyone, anyone that owns a, a PC is going to be a Hades. All right, Hades is a new game out. It's on Steam. It is a roguelike style game, which is in other words, if for anybody that doesn't know what that is, you start out at the same area you play and you run through the maps and it's like generated maps and everything and you basically go into you either beat the game or die you start over again blah 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 usually you collect things that make you stronger and it makes the run easier and stuff like that this game hades first off absolutely addicting they do a great job the dialogue is amazing if you go out and get killed by some random skeleton you'll come back and they'll be and like the things in the main area will be laughing at you for dying from this one skeleton in this area they it goes into ever that much detail it's kind of done in a cartoon style play essentially the way i've had it described is it's like playing a comic book it is incredibly oh, wow. fun every run they the the map is different the enemies are different the mechanics are absolutely amazing. It, it is a game that if you have not looked at, definitely, definitely go check it out. I sat down and attempted to play for, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes. And four hours later, I'm like, okay, one more run. Let's see if we can go. And I here's the best thing. I don't like these style games. So I wanted to see what the hype was about. I wanted to see right. if it was something worth it. Right. This is a game that it's a single player. You could literally sit down for hours and hours and hours and hours and just try to like get better by you get new weapons you get new abilities you have hundreds of different combinations of things that you can do in the game it's an absolute must play if you're looking for a single player adventure if you like those hack and slash type of games where you're jumping around you're learning combos you're doing all this great it combines the best version of 
technical gameplay, story elements, and actual um, graphics, the actual graphics of the game. It is an absolute must play if you have not. The second thing we're going to talk about is the latest patch, the latest patch of the day uh, or the, of the week, Conan Exiles, which is a survivor game. It's been out since I think 2018, came out with the first like actual expansion. They've dropped plenty of expansions in the amount of time since the game came out, but they're all cosmetic. They've enhanced the main map. They've done a bunch of things. This right here is an entirely new game for anyone that likes survival games. I am a massive survival game player. I've played almost every one. This right here is for anyone that has not played Conan and wants to kind of give it a try or anyone that has to play survivor games you need to check this out it's a whole new world there's brand new mechanics it's like they took Conan and they would just they just made a whole new game out of it and they made it for new players I feel personally they made it for somebody who wants to try survivor but doesn't want to jump into those games there are games like rust and the arc or whatever that if you come in you don't know what you're doing you're going to get absolutely massacred and you're going to have a terrible experience. You're never going to play the game again. This feels like for people that want to uh, give Survivor games a try, I absolutely cannot recommend it enough. It is uh, especially for your survival people out there. Go check it out. Side note, on both of these, the new game and the expansion, I am doing personal reviews on them. They will be, I will try to link them in the description of the YouTube and kind of give y'all a more in-depth analysis on the game. And takes us to our question. Now, last week's question was this. PlayStation 5 or Xbox Series XRS, which are you gonna buy? This week's question is, what, Phil? <laughs> Do we need to talk about what the question well, is? Well, we really worried it, didn't we? <laughs> okay, question is, are party games back? So that's really the question, right? 2020 has been, we talked about this in last week's episode, it's really been a crazy year, a not normal year uh, for gaming. When you think about the fact that we were all forced to stay home, not really had much social interaction, people yeah. had to find a way to still be able to game with their friends. Mm -hmm. And I think because of this, party gaming is back in a way. What's your take on it? Um, so a couple of things just to kind of talk about, uh, I believe that gaming itself, and I believe the stats are there, that's proof that gaming itself took a massive jump, um, in both active online players and amount of hours played starting around March. Um, like just one of the most popular games out there right now is Call of Duty, uh, Warzone in the beginning of March had about 6 million active players. 30 days later, April, 50 million active players in a one wow. month period now what happened there i mean call of duty's been out a minute uh oh that's right everyone was sitting at home doing nothing i can tell you from my personal experience that's what happened to me with warzone is i wanted some way to hang out with my friends and you know that's it's a multiplayer game that led to i mean right now warzone is one of the most popular games there is but this isn't only about warzone this is about all these other style games you started seeing kind of this emergence of uh, of games that Listen, we all played Mario Party. Mario Party was a fun game, but it was sit at your couch with your friends and you, you know, you played your map or whatever. We've all done those style of games. They were massively popular back when you had LAN parties, when you had your friends come over and y'all could do that stuff. And to a degree, they still are. People still have those on your couch kind of things, but they were never as popular 
as I believe they're kind of getting today. Um, right now, over the past, what, three months, four months, definitely since July, um, we've seen this massive, massive resurgence of these party style games. I mean, we can go to uh, Fall Guys was yep. the biggest game to watch, period. For the longest time, it was the top game on Twitch. It took down League of Legends. It took down Call of Duty. It took down all these different styles, all these different games. I mean, I, I mean, I know you've played it. It's fun, um, yeah. but it's one of those games that you can get in with your friends. You don't have to think too hard. You can talk and laugh and have a good time and just, you know, kind of cut up like in a style that you don't really do with a game like Call of Duty. This led to a bunch of style games like that. Social Deceit games kind of took over the marketplace for a little while. There were games like uh, Deceit, a game where um, you, you, you play with all your friends and one person's the bad guy and you gotta figure out who it is, blah, blah, blah. And then the current most popular game to watch, the most popular game on anywhere you can buy it is Among Us. I have you, you have played Among Us, correct? I've played way too many hours of Among Us. <laughs> and it, it's, it's one of those games where you get with your friends, you cut up with them, you have a good time. Uh, it's, it's, it's just hours of, of social interaction, which is, I think, in my personal opinion, I think that's kind of where this is coming from. I think that in, in March, when all this started, all these multiplayer started to go up and up and up and it turned into skill like like we talked about call of duty earlier if you come in right now and you are not like you have not played a lot of shooters you have not played call of duty you're not going to have a good time because mm -hmm. you're going to get wrecked so around that time where everybody was either great at it or terrible at it all of a sudden these games that you don't have to be this skilled gamer and to have a good time with your friends started to become right. huge. You know, you could be nine years old and have a good time at Fall Guys. If you're nine years old in Call of Duty, unless you're a prodigy, you ain't gonna have a good time. Right. Jackbox, they did something really cool at the, at the beginning of this, which was they released the uh, Jackbox Party Pack for a really heavily discounted price on Steam at the beginning of this. I actually picked it up. I'd had one or two of the party packs, but it was just a price that I couldn't pass up to get all six mm -hmm. uh, of the party pack games of the Jackbox games, because mm -hmm. I was just looking for things that we'd be able to do, you know, with my friends. The interesting thing about Among Us is that Among Us uh, release date is June 15th, 2018. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's just, you know, it just shows you that people were looking for something in this quarantine time. Among Us for the first few months of its release had seven active players. At one point, Among Us had seven active players, and now it is the most popular game. It's it's it, it's not gonna meet, reach the numbers of these major titles like Call of Duty, but it has an average of 400,000 active people at any given time. And the people wanna watch it. I don't, you wanna watch these videos of just a bunch of people having a good time with their friends because you've been stuck at home and you wanna hang out with your friends. Right. And that's kind of where I think these party games, these companies, like you said, Jack, uh, was it Jackbox? Yeah. I did not buy the whole bundle because I already own like four of the games because I was looking for party games I yep. can play with my friends and like games like Move or Die and all these dumb little games that are thrown in here that you could just laugh 
and don't have to think about and you know it doesn't matter if you played the game for 20 hours you played the game for 20 minutes you're about as good like it's you no one's better at it like it's just you're, you're, you can... except among us man well, uh, you know you really need to be just a great liar and an overall terrible person to be really <laughs> to be really good at that game i'm starting to learn which one of my friends may have been lying to me for years oh, man, dude. Yeah. <laughs> because they're so darn good at deceiving me on this game where you trust somebody you start following them around and they're the ones to kill you what happened i found his body look i this <laughs> you're starting to really learn who your real friends are playing some oh, of these games oh <laughs> my god and it's so and they're just they're just really cute quality games we talk about the barrier of entry when we talk we, we talked about the teslas this is you know you, you jump in you spend hardly any money you can have right. hours and hours of fun party games in my mind for the time being are 100% back. I, I really believe that um, this this year and this quarantine has been a very unique experience. And one of the benefactors of that is both the gaming industry. You can look at streams, you can look at game purchases. Like I said, uh, in a three month period, like these multiplayer games have grown to a point of insane numbers, tripled, quadrupled, 1200% growth in, in a matter of weeks. And you could look at 2020 as being the reason. It's not, I don't think this would have happened had it not been for COVID. Yeah, people are looking for companies to evolve and and be revolutionary and provide services that keep them entertained. You, you talked about all the numbers that are going up. You talked about Twitch and how they were getting you know, a lot more business because people were watching these party games. People were watching their favorite stream players. I saw a video where there was a bunch of these different content creators collaborating and all playing Among Us together. And, and they were all streaming it separately and collectively, the amount of people they had on that stream was insane. Yes. Insane. Yes. Then you've seen this scatter to other companies like Discord, for instance. People are looking to be able to play Among Us and all be able to chat together in the deliberation stage to figure out which one of their friends isn't really their friend. Mm -hmm. And and what Discord saw was an exponential increase in their downloads. We saw them go from around 175,000 downloads a day, which is incredible. You know, over then among, among Us alone, when that game started to get popular, over 800,000 daily downloads. This is insane. You you want to answer the question? You answered it earlier. Are party games back? I believe they are. People are finding ways to play games with their friends. And these games and these companies have found a way to do that. And games have come back. Fall Guys did a good job at capitalizing, releasing in August of this year. Among Us released in 2018, summer of 2018. And this game is popular. The team who made Among Us stopped development on Among Us 2 so they can continue to work on this game. That's how popular this game is. They that canceled the next game because this one is just so popular. <laughs> we turn it over to you, the audience. What are you playing? Have you played a bunch of games? Have you picked up new games within quarantine? Are you playing party games with your friends? Make sure that you send us an email at pbtech at gmail.com with some comments there. Also, if you're joining us on YouTube, make sure you leave us with some comments and we'll chat with you what you're playing. Whether you're listening to the podcast on any of the farms where podcasts are, uh, are distributed and released, or whether you're watching us on YouTube, uh, stay tuned for the 
tech news updates. Stay tuned for the gaming news updates and stay tuned for us. Whatever you do, stay tuned. Remember, my name is Brandon. My at on Twitter is Real Sensei Swag with two G's. And Phil? I, my at on Twitter is at Phil Chills. My Facebook, facebook.gg slash Phil Chills. Twitch.tv slash Phil Chills. Yep, there's so many things there. Okay, go follow us. Um, we really like you. Thank you. Bye-bye.